to God, not be beneath the you Cause I'm a murder, why I kill Owen, even you? Man, I got summer hating on me Cause I'm hotter than the sun Got spring hating on me Cause I ain't never sprung winter Hating on me cause I'm colder than y'all And I would never, I would never, I would never fall I'm being hated by the season So fuck y'all, hating for no reason I am him Around the world and I'm back again Who's been asking about me? In case you want to this is Real Talk with Ben Tompkins, presented by Four Roses. All right, let's get it. Shout out to the haters. Sorry that you couldn't phase me. This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Four Roses Bourbon, and welcome to Uber Stories Part 20. We got some pretty good stories for you guys today. The stories are, call them out. You know, when I first released the very first episode back in... June 3rd, I believe, allow me to reintroduce myself. Uh, I said at that point, like, I'm just, I'm done putting up with bullshit, and I'm going to call it out, and I'm going to call it out, and if somebody says something around me, you know, I told that cowboy story uh, a few, uh, I guess, months ago at this point, you know, it's like, if somebody's out of line, I'm going to let them know, you know, because that's what captains do. I'm a captain, goddammit, and I'm going to step up and say what I believe in and stand up for what I believe in. And if somebody wants to run their mouth and talk reckless shit and all that, I if, if, I, if, it, if it makes me uncomfortable, I'm going to let you know, hey, don't say that around me. Don't do that around me. Uh, and if they can't respect that, then they're going to fall off and they'll really fail to exist. I mean, it's that simple. And I encourage everybody else to do the same with people in their life and be that person. Because it's like, like I said, the whole thing with going back to the protests and, and like kind of where this started was, you know, it's one thing to like, that's great. If you speak up on social media, that's awesome. You know, that's that's still doing more. And I know it doesn't you know, really feel like it, it's it's doing a lot in the long run, but what you can do every day moving forward is just continue to be that captain and be that person that if somebody is saying something that makes you feel uncomfortable or if somebody's doing something that makes other people feel uncomfortable and you see it happening, just call it out and just step up and be a captain, goddammit. That's all. That's 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 all you can do, and uh, call them out is not actually an Uber story. It's a story of somebody coming up to uh, me and somebody that was standing with me in the gym, and it was a learning moment. It was a learning moment for this guy because he came up and I, I let him know. I called him out. I'm like, "Yo, don't say that shit around me, man." And he he had a tough time with it, you know, older guy. And uh, call him out. That's our first story. Second story, spray them up. This is a really quick one, but it's a really funny one about a workplace fight in a blue-collar job setting, and uh, I, it's, it's a good, quick story. The next one is called Waffle House Waitress, and this is actually a collection of seven mini-stories, and man, this, this Waffle House Waitress and her boyfriend got in the car and started I just, you know, we started talking about their work and, you know, um, has it been difficult with COVID for you guys? And she started telling me, yeah, I work at Waffle House as a waitress and we are only doing carry out only. And I got, and I said, you know, I got to think you probably have some great stories working at Waffle House, right? I mean, you've probably seen some of the craziest shit that anybody's ever seen, right? And she said, yeah, actually. And she just went and gave me one awesome story after the other. Fights, people puking. I mean, just crazy stuff. And uh, that is Waffle House. Waitress, one star. 
Now, this is, I got rated as a one star, okay? And I'm going to let you guys be the jury here, okay? You guys decide. I don't think, I think, I, I think my reaction to the information that was shared with me was completely justified and completely reasonable. I think any normal person would have had the same response to the information that I was given, okay? And I'll break all of that down, but this is only the second time that this has ever happened. I got a one-star rating. Now, the first one, I actually did probably deserve that because whether I think that I was being an asshole or not, I, 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 you know, objectively, I probably was. And this one, this was a long time ago, and this was one of the very first like Uber stories that I really ever told. I was still doing the sports show at that hacky radio station back then, and I came on and I said, "Man, this guy and his wife got in the car, and the guy was all freaked out about everything, and just." uptight, sitting between the seats, it was raining, and we kind of had to stop quickly, and then he was like complaining, and like, whoa, 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 slow the fuck down, man, and his wife was apologizing for him, and I made some comment, like, she said, oh, I joke all the time with my friends that I should start, like, giving him weed brownies, or, you know, like, giving him Xanax, or something like that, and I said, yeah, you should put it in his food, and feed it to him like a dog, and the guy, (laughs) the guy's sitting back there, and he's like, you're a fucking asshole. That one, okay, look, I said something, you know, that, 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 uh, yeah, probably I deserved that one. But this one, I really, I really don't believe, I really don't believe that I, that I was, that I was out of line, that I was out of line. So I'll let you guys decide. And, uh, listen, you know, it, in, 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 in the long run, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it brought my rating, my Uber rating was a 4.97. It brought it to now a 4.96, which is still like top 5% in the, in the country and certainly the highest in the state. But like, and, and it's not like, you know, some, some of these people, they'll, they'll do like, um, you know, only a handful of rides and have like a really high rating. You know, I've almost done a thousand rides over a year and my shit's still at 4.97. I mean, literally when I say that 98% of the people that, that like get in ride with me and fuck with me, like I'm not joking every once in a while there happens, uh, something that is just, it's just, it's just, I can't explain it. We just, you know, just a, just a bad moment, awkward moment. And I got a one star. I got a one star. So I'll tell you guys that story. I'm smiling really, really hard about it. Uh, I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and then we'll, we'll wrap up the show today with Hustler's Ambition. And this is about, you know, I started, I, I, I get really deep on this one talking about success, you know, because success is one of those things. It's one of the first things that we ask of ourselves is like, how do we define success? And if you ask 20 different people, you're going to get 20 different answers because it's totally subjective and it's totally uh, like, like it's like one of those beauties in the eye of the beholder things, right? And so your success might look different than, than my success and my success might look different from her success. But I want to live in a world where we celebrate each other's successes, no matter how big or small, and no matter if your success means something completely different than what what I consider to be a success for myself, I still want to live in a world where I celebrate the successes of others, and, and, and it's a team effort. We win together. I've been saying that for six months, seven months now, right? Well, 
I want to I want to celebrate and highlight this person's success. And some of you may think, you know what? I, I don't know. Just based on like if, if you know, if I told you guys that this guy was a truck driver, like a long haul truck driver, you'd probably think that doesn't sound very successful at all. But when I walk you through the story and 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 share the come up, uh, I think you guys will be like, damn, that is a success. Like that guy is a success. And it just, it, 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 it was a moment that made me realize, you know, I'm listening to what success means to this person, and it was just kind of one of those macro moments where I just think, like, wow, on a grand level, on a big scale, you know, success means something totally different for everybody, but that doesn't mean that we can't all celebrate each other's successes. And so that last story, Hustler's Ambition, that's what that's about. A uh, couple things before I get into the stories, all right? Um... I, 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 a while ago, I talked about getting involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters, and about a month ago, probably, um, the matchmaker reached out to me and said, hey, I think I've got the perfect little for you. And you know what? She did. She nailed it. And we had our initial matchmaking meeting with the matchmaker and uh, my little and his mom and me. And that was a couple weeks ago um, or maybe even a week ago. But uh, we just did our first virtual outing yesterday. And I'm really, really excited about this because, um, A, I, I don't think that I'm ever going to have kids of my own. Like, I really don't. And um, I used to joke about it that I that I didn't want any kids, you know, even, dude, going back to like when I was like, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, I thought just the, 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 the thought of kids for me, no, I don't want that at all. It's not something that I want. It doesn't mean that I don't want it for other people. It doesn't mean that I hate kids. I think having kids is great, you know, and I'm a great uncle. I'm a great godfather. I'm a great godfather. All right. But I don't want kids of my own. And that's because I've gone through certain life experiences that have made me grow up and go, I don't want that. I don't want that for myself. I just, I don't, I don't want to go through that. And it was something my, my girlfriend and I talked about at the very beginning of our relationship. And we were both on the same page about it. Like, hey, and I've always contended that if I get to a certain age and I really, really want to have a kid, you know, maybe my, maybe my opinion changes down the road when I'm 40 years old, right? Um, and at that point, I, I'm I'm a thousand percent on board with this. I would adopt, you know. I would adopt a kid before I had a kid of my own. And I grew up with adopted cousins. Uh, one of my best friends is adopted. Like I grew up normalizing adoption, not as some kind of thing that I didn't have any experience with. I just it was just like, oh, cool, like adoption. Okay, next. You know what I mean? Like, and so I, I always in the back of my mind, if I ever get to that point and I really do want a kid, then I'll adopt one. But I'm not gonna put one out into this world. I, I'm just not gonna. I'm not doing that. Not for me, man. Not for me. It looks great on you, sweetie. Right? Uh, but like for me, no thank you. But um, going back to when I was in high school, you know, I did Mustang Mentors where we would go over to the, the middle school and work with middle schoolers. And then when I got to UK, I was doing cats tutoring. So I was, uh, that one was paid, but like I was tutoring student athletes and I would talk to them about their classes and their life and what it's like being a student athlete and we would just chop it up we would do work and we had a couple hour sessions every week and that was awesome but I always I, I like doing that kind of stuff because I like 
being able to be for somebody what I always wished that I had. You know what I mean? And so with Big Brothers, it's kind of like the best of both worlds for me because I don't have to have a kid of my own. It doesn't have to really cost me any money at all if I don't want it to. And of course, you know, eventually with COVID and everything, it's kind of weird. We got to do these virtual outings at first and then just kind of see how everything goes. And uh, eventually we'll we'll get to, you know, go out for lunch or go play sports. You know, I'm going to do a lot of active stuff with my little. He's nine. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff that I'm just not going to be able to share because he's a minor. Um, but, you know, he's he's nine years old. A lot of high energy. Uh, we're we're a really really similar. I mean, my matchmaker really did a great job, and I'm I'm fucking hyped, man. Like I'm I'm stoked about it, honestly, because uh, this is gonna be great for the both of us. You know, it really is, and I'm really just looking forward to being able to to be for somebody else what I always wish that I had. You know, when my parents split, I was 13 years old. And all of these male role models that I had grown up looking up to were just completely vanished from my life. Like they absolutely fell off the face of the earth. And that's just how it was. And I had to figure stuff out on my own. And over the course of my life and and being 13 years old and, and just having a single mother that was working, um, I, I just had to like go out and create my own network and, and mix and match dads basically where I mean I've got like five or six different guys that I look at and go I consider him like to be a dad to me you know and for some for some of those people it's more uh, kind of a business relationship that we bonded over for some of those people it was more football for some of those people it was just more life advice um, and life decision kind of stuff mentorship but like I always benefited from that growing up and know knowing where I am now and knowing where I could have been if I hadn't done that. Then I, I like it made it has made all the difference in the world to me, and that's what I want to do for somebody else. You know, not only when I do this podcast, not only when I meet writers and and give them, you know, everything that I got. You know what I mean? Like, and get emotional with them and shit. Like, it's about that. It's about them, but it's also about bringing on uh, 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 somebody that can can relate to a lot of the life situations that I was able to you know was was going through when I was a young you know kid and he's even younger than I was you know what I mean he's nine so um it, it's just I'm I'm really I'm really really happy that um I'm in a I'm in a position to be able to do that for him and be that for him and that's what I want to do man you know I, I want to create this relationship that lasts you know for for all our life if he wants to you know what I mean and like he can always call me um my door is always open I mean that that's 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 really with most people I have an open door policy you know what I mean but I'm the matchmaker did such a great job because um <laughs> you know obviously I'm into the podcasting thing and media and sports and he plays football plays baseball has a YouTube channel and that's like something that he said hey I want to kind of work on this together and maybe we can make some videos or you can help me out you can show me some stuff and it's like dude this is awesome this is awesome so we had our very first virtual outing yesterday and uh 
You know, it, it was like we spent uh, 30 good minutes really, really focused and really kind of bonding. And, you know, he was showing me his dog and his cat and telling me about his family and the sports that he likes and his teams and all these different video games that he likes. And then uh, after about 30 minutes, you know, the dog would run in the room and then his attention would kind of shift. And then it was like, uh, I'm looking at literally a, a mirror image of myself, you know, and I can only imagine because like when I was younger, I can only remember it from my perspective. I can only imagine my poor mother, my poor mother and all my poor teachers growing up, man. Holy shit. I know that I was such a handful for them. But um, looking at looking at another high energy little kid, it's like, Man, I know I was a thousand times worse, but we got like a good 30 minutes in, 35 minutes, and then after that, he was kind of fading a little bit, and um, me and the mom talked a little bit, and uh, I, I could tell he was kind of like on to the next thing, and it was like, all right, this is this is great. So we'll probably do like one or two more of those. I think they want us to do like kind of like a couple months of virtual outings due to COVID and everything. And then eventually, um, you know, we'll be able to we'll be able to hang out in person and go get a meal, go play sports or go down to Waterfront Park or um, and I told him like I was like, listen, I would prefer a kid that does and is into sports, um, but literally you guys give me somebody and whatever their thing is, it could be anything. It could be anything. But whatever their thing is, I will foster it and I will nurture that interest and I will make them feel like their thing is the coolest thing in the world because that's important. That's really important if you have that as, as and, you, and you're growing up and somebody takes an interest in you. That can make all the difference in the world, man. And, um, you know, if if I was like, if, if he's into theater, I would prefer him to be into sports. But if he's into chess, I mean, like whatever they're into, um, I'll, we'll figure something out and, and I'll be into it and we'll do it together. And um, luckily, I got, you know, like I said, the, the matchmaker did such a great job. It sounds like we're really interested in a lot of things, and I'm really looking forward to that. So that happened yesterday. Um, here's the deal for next week. Uh, next week's episode probably won't be Uber stories. What I'm thinking about doing is just going deep on a handful of topics and still doing an episode because I still want to be able to put something out on on Wednesday and you know keep that pattern consistent but uh <laughs> the last two weeks have really i haven't driven at all in, in you know this week and last week last week i was working on a presentation i worked monday wednesday thursday and turned it in on friday but monday wednesday thursday i was up past midnight worked on this thing all day long it's awesome it's ready to go and i really hope to have some big news and some good news to share with you guys here in a little bit uh but um tuesday i worked all day on the episode for last week which i honestly objectively think was the best one that we've done thus far but and, and it's like, you know, I have the flexibility in my schedule to say, okay, I need to focus really on the podcast this week, and so I'm not going to drive. And the way that last week went, it, it's, it was just one of those things. So I don't have any stories from and didn't get any new stories last week. This week, I finally, so I had, um, my breaks had been feeling a little spongy at some point um, two weeks ago. 
And I said, hmm, I, I kind of want to get this looked at. So I took it into the dealership, and they couldn't get me in until last Friday. So the fact that I wasn't driving last week was just perfect. And I take it into them. They say, okay, well, we're going to do a brake flush. And then if uh, that doesn't work, then we might need to replace the ABS system. Like, your brakes, you're you're good right now, okay? But if, if, if you kind of continue to feel the sponginess when you go and push the brake pedal and it, it kind of feels like you're pushing closer to the floor to get your car to stop, we'll, we probably need to go ahead and, and uh, replace the ABS system. So they did the brake flush. I was at the dealership last Friday from 10 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. They come back. They say, hey, um, didn't really work. So, you know, what do you want to do? This part is kind of pricey. Like well, guys, order the part and get me in as soon as you can. And um, so this week, I'm I'm trying to. They were supposed to call me today and let me know that the part had arrived from Atlanta, but uh, I'm kind of waiting to see what they're gonna say when they can get me in and when they can get this thing done. And just like I'm I'm still driving the car to up to the gym, and I'm still you know if I'm hungry or if I go home and go hang out with Greggy or something like that, I'm still driving the car, and it's totally fine. Um, but just out of an abundance of caution, I'm just not going to drive any riders around. And so last week and this week, because of those two things, it's just kind of left me a little bit tight moving forward for Uber stories. I'm hoping to get this thing fixed as soon as I can or replaced as soon as I can. Um, and so that's why next week, like I'm good for this week. I've got enough stories still and content. I'm good today. But next week, as it gets closer to the holidays and everything, I'm just thinking that I'm going to do probably an episode where I just go in on on a handful of topics and just just give real talk. Might tell a couple stories, thought about maybe doing a replayables episode, but I think I'm leaning more towards the topics. And so that's kind of where we're at. That's kind of where we're at right now. Um, but the presentation looks really great and uh, and I'm going to fucking nail it. I'm Throwing up in the huddle, bro, Willie Beeman style, all right? Because I'm nervous, but I'm going to kill it, all right? For those of you that don't understand that reference, 9 a.m. in Dallas. There you go. Um, but for the presentation, you know, I needed to be able to, like, have a couple pics of the studio. I needed to be able to have a couple pics of my car. And so I took the car down because everybody knows that the best views of the city and skyline of Louisville are actually in southern Indiana, looking across the river, right? I mean, can you imagine as, as can, imagine being lucky enough to live in southern Indiana? I mean, I guess that's kind of lucky, but at least you have a good view. You know, you live in Louisville, you look across the river. What are you looking at? All right? Not a lot to look at over there. But uh, I took some pictures, and they look really good. I mean, they, it honestly looks like I, I, like a professional took them because, you know, I, I know what makes a good shot. And I went at the golden hour, and all of the different little shots that I had all had the Louisville skyline in the background, and I put those in the presentation, and they looked really good. Um, and what I've been doing lately is boosting posts on Facebook and tinkering with Facebook advertising. So usually when I put a new episode up, I'll boost it on Facebook and I'll run it for like three or four days or whatever. And uh, shout out to any new listeners that have seen the stuff that are now joining us for the first time, second time, whatever. 
Good to have you with us, my friends. Thank you for tuning in. New episodes every Wednesday available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow along on Twitter and Instagram at BennyTomp18. And the Facebook page is at RealTalkWBennyT. But we got new people joining us every week. And it's awesome. And I've begun boosting these posts. And it's funny because what's happening is this. You know, uh, certainly last week, I feel like when I put out the For the Love of the Game episode and then last week's episode where I, I got pretty pretty raw and emotional and talking about some of this stuff, and I love that, you know? But I feel like we went a couple levels deeper with those episodes and really, really took it to a new place, okay? And the reception to that has been incredible, okay? And I'm watching this phenomena kind of unfold, um, and it, there's two parts to it. One, there's a lot of people that, man, I'm telling you what, I mean, I, I cannot say thank you enough and how much I appreciate everybody that reached out to me last week and were sending me things on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or texting me and reaching out to me and uh, the people that were commenting on the podcast and rating and reviewing and subscribing. Please keep doing that. That's amazing and I really fucking appreciate that and it means the world to me to have you with me to know that you ride with me y'all y'all ride with me y'all are my riders right we are rider dies right and it was seriously overwhelming like it was it was I was getting text messages and stuff all week these notes like hey keep it up man this this or people sending quotes of something that I said during the episode and then you know hey this really stuck with me this struck a chord with me um one of my friends called me uh and I was hanging out last Friday night and we ended up talking on the phone for like 2 hours because he was like dude you said something that really like it, it 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 hit something within me, you know what I mean? That resonated with me. We ended up talking on the phone for like two hours, and um, that kind of stuff is amazing. Okay, so thank you to everybody that did that. But it's also it's funny because there's also this other group of people that as I'm as I'm expanding and as I'm growing and as this continues to kind of get bigger and gain some more momentum, um, there's also this other group of people that see that kind of stuff and are just miserable fucking people and go out of their way to do the opposite, to have a negative reaction to it. And they try to say things to me. They try to talk shit to me. They try to talk shit about me. They send my stuff to their friends and they send stuff to me trying to trying to throw me off my game, trying to ruin my day. Because uh, and, and it's just funny because, look, burner accounts and all this shit, I know who you are, dude. I, I know who you are. Okay, and what's funny to me is that these people, they do that kind of stuff because they have nothing significant going on in their own life and they feel so shitty about themselves that they think that everybody else should have to feel as shitty as they do. And they think to themselves, if I can't be happy, no one deserves to be happy. So that and 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 social media is filled with people like that. The world, sadly as it is, is filled with people like that that don't celebrate the successes of others and don't win as a team. They're just miserable fucking people that without a response from me directly, you fail to exist. And you're not worth the time. I mean, you're just you're just simply not worth it, dude. Like, and and it, it it's just funny because when these posts get boosted, 
and most people are commenting and most people are sharing stuff with me and it's and it's really great and positive. There's also some people that see that kind of stuff and go the opposite way and, you know, talk shit and try to just say things that bring me down. And and like it's like first of all like it's not going to work, okay? Fuck you. And B, it's just like that's just so pathetic and it's so average. And these people that sit there and want to talk shit from behind these fake burner accounts like that literally dude that takes zero courage to do that it takes literally no courage at all to say things anonymously like what is that like i i want to i want to say i pity you but but to do that would to mean that i feel some type of way about you and i don't you're dead to me like you fail to exist to me okay you fail to register on my radar man and that's for any hater and it's like kanye says Hate of, hate of people, marry hate of people, and have hate of kids, all right? I clean that up a little bit. But but that's just like some people, and like everybody deals with haters. And I think that's the only reason that I'm even bringing any of this up is because we all have people that if you walk into a room, there's going to be the people that uh, are really happy for you. And then there's going to be the other people that act like they're happy for you, but they're fucking fake. And this minute you turn around, they go and and they're like, oh my God, can you believe they're wearing that? Can you believe she's doing that? Can you believe he's doing that? Can you believe they have this idea? Blah, 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 blah. And it's just because they don't have anything that they feel good about and they don't feel good about themselves personally. And so they, they feel that they need to go and do that shit. That's all it is. They're just miserable fucking pricks, man. And everybody deals with haters. And it's not something you got to get all bent out of shape about. Honestly, it's a compliment. Like, to me, that's like, okay, I'm doing something right. I'm doing something real. And if it's getting to that level where I have people who literally don't know me at all, literally don't have anything, I've never done anything to them, they, uh, it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to try to drag you down and you just, you just fuck them. Fuck them all, man. Fuck them all. Fuck you. You know, <laughs> it's that simple. It's like, I, I, I love this quote and I always come back to this and we're going to just jump into the Uber stories here in a minute. But, uh, when I was interning with the Louisville bats, my guy, Thomas Neal was a baseball player and we did this episode and he said, you know, there's, there's, there's something that you need to remember. There's three types of people. The first type of person Okay, one third of the people, those are your people. Those are people that are going to love you no matter what. They'll support you. They will do anything for you and they'll love you and support and 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 they're just you never have to worry about them, okay? That's a third. There's a second third, another type of person who's just a fucking hater. And it doesn't matter what you do. You could have personally never done anything to them. You could donate a million dollars to their favorite charity and they would still find a reason to be like, fuck that guy or girl. And they're just they're just fucking haters, man. And you can't win everybody over. That's the second type of people. And the third, third, okay, the third type of person, they're on the fence. They don't know, you know. They might have heard some things. They might, you know, have a have a couple of ideas or something. And but they're but they're ultimately undecided. They're they're kind of like hung jury. And it's up to you and the way that you treat people and the way that you go about your business and your life that makes either two thirds of the people hate you or two thirds of the people love you. But that 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 group of people that are just haters that's all that the, the dude who gives a fuck man they're miserable people and i and i and i i don't know i don't i feel sorry for them i don't feel sorry for them i don't know cuz cuz i don't feel anything for them you know i don't i don't feel sympathy for them i don't feel pity for them it's like well that sucks dude but get the fuck out of here with that you know cuz we don't need that we don't care what people say we don't care what people say 
so yeah, man, that, that that's um, it's just funny, and you know, it's 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 laughable, and these people they they think that they're gonna say things and 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 throw me off, but guess what? You can't, you can't, man, you can't catch the kid, and you can't keep the kid down. So go ahead, run your little shit behind your little fake account, and then. Wake up tomorrow and you got another day in your life, in your shoes, you know? And that's the reason that you're always criticizing and talking shit about other people is you got to live your own life. And that sucks. And that sucks. So knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. Go for it. But just know I know who you are and I see you from a mile away. And if you come with me at that fake love, I'm going to tell you to get the fuck out of my face. All right. Now let's get into some stories. I'm excited. Here we go. Call them out. So guys, um, yeah, I've said a few times before that sometimes there are times where we need to step up and it's one thing to, to condemn things, you know, like sexism and racism and homophobia and things that people are way out of line with on social media and you just, you see it a lot. Um, it's one thing to condemn that stuff and speak up on social media. And that's great because it raises awareness to things. And, um, you know, like I said, as long as you're doing it and, and you're putting your name on it and you're speaking up for what you believe in, then that's awesome. That's more than what some of these other fucks out here are doing. But then there's other times where, you know, it's like that's that's only online. Like, what do you do when these things happen and present themselves in real life? Are you a person that feels comfortable enough to stand up for what you believe in and use your voice and be like, hey, and call out bullshit? Um, and that's really, I think, has been like, I, I've, I've never shied away from doing that. I just, I just never have. Even if it means somebody might potentially get upset, even if it means making somebody feel uncomfortable. Like, sometimes I think you get in groups of people and then you don't want to call somebody out because you don't want to make them feel like, um, you know, like uh, judged or something like that or uncomfortable. But you know what? Sometimes, like, they deserve that. Like, they deserve that. Because if you think about it and they're out of line talking bullshit, and you say something, and you kind of put them out, well, wouldn't you rather, like, don't they deserve that? Isn't that justified? Aren't they the ones that deserve to be the one to feel like that, rather than if they were saying something or telling some kind of an inappropriate joke or saying something that you didn't agree with or like, and there's somebody there that, like, it, that, that, it offends them and they find it offensive and then the person that literally didn't do anything at all is standing there like, wow, like then they, they feel judged and they feel uncomfortable. That person didn't do anything. They don't deserve to stand there and, and feel like that. Okay, you know, the, the person that, that says the dumb shit does, okay? So call people out. And, and, that, and that's like, it, it, it becomes this thing where you have to do that. You have to be a captain. And you have to have these conversations with people if you really want to make lasting change. Like moving forward, how can you continue to do these things in your own life, in your own circles? It's having tough conversations, and it's calling out people when they're, when they're acting a fucking idiot. And if they're out of line. And so this story is called Call Him Out because earlier in the week, um, yesterday actually, okay, yesterday, my man Aaron Harris and I are in the gym and we are standing at the, uh, you know, like the little CrossFit area and Aaron, of course, is a personal trainer. Hit him up if you need somebody to work with at LAC. He's the man. He's the man, all right? 
And uh, Aaron came over, and I had, you know, done my workout and back and buys, you know, a little, little pole day. And then he was done working with his clients, and I brought my boxing gloves, and I said, hey, do you want to hit the pads? Because he'll hit those with his clients, you know? He'll have his clients hit these pads that he holds up and swing them, and you got to duck down and do some drills. And he was like, yeah, man, let's do it. So we're doing it. We're over there. We're, you know, I'm, I'm boxing and, and we went like, you know, 15, 20 minutes and did a bunch of different rounds and drills. It was exhausting. I'm not going to lie. Like it was exhausting, but it's really good conditioning. And I'm, I'm working on that. You know, I'm working on that stick. All right. But this guy comes over and this is a guy who is an older gentleman. He's like in his seventies. All right. And he's a Weisenheimer. I mean, and and up until this point, he's somebody that I see in the gym, and he always says something, and then he'll smile, you know, say, "Well, nice weather we're having today," <laughs> and 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 kind of give a little like you know smile, right? And up until this point, it's been he's he's never said, you know, it's always just like, "Oh, I like that guy," you know, yeah, that guy, I like seeing that guy because I'm, I'm, you know, I like talking to that guy. Uh, and, and the fact that he's in the gym working and stuff like that, like, that's cool to me, you know? He walks pretty slow. He's a tall, old guy, you know? And he's in there getting it. And what he came up to us and said was, hey, I, 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 gotta, I gotta tell you guys, you, you know, there's a, there's a lot of homosexuals that go at this gym, right? And but Aaron and I kind of, like, looked at each other like, yeah, so... And he was like, well, you, you, you just got to be careful. And, and, and I, I don't even know what he was trying to say. I don't know what his point was, but I just cut him off. And I said, hey, man, don't, don't come around here with that. Like, you're out of line. Like, that's not cool. Like, I don't want to hear that. Okay. I don't think, I don't find it funny. All right. And we don't, don't come over here and, and say that. And he's like, well, I, I was setting up a joke. I, you know, I didn't mean to offend you. And, and I said, well, you know what? Listen, it doesn't offend me. I'm really, I'm really hard to offend, okay? It doesn't offend me. I find it offensive on behalf of my friends that would be offended and marginalized. And I find it offensive that you would come over here and say that kind of stuff. And I don't want anybody else to be walking by, hear you saying that, and then now it's guilt by association. They think that all three of us are in on that, and you're over here running your fucking mouth for what? I'm going to take that for you? Fuck no. So I let him know. I let him know right there. I was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care if it was a joke. And I said all that stuff to him. And he was like, well, you know, he said something else. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. I literally said that to like a 70-year-old man. And Aaron is sitting there like, <laughs> like, yo, you know? And he's like, oh, okay, okay. And he stood there for a second, and then this other old guy that was like rolling out on this foam roller next to us that had heard all this stuff, he started talking to us about boxing and Muhammad Ali, and the other guy, you could tell he was very put out, you know? He, he was very put out. Old white guy. And he slinks away, and I I couldn't even, I was like, I was, I couldn't look at him, you know? I'm like, get the fuck away from me, man. I don't want to hear that shit. Um, he comes back up to us later you know, while we're still standing there and apologizes and says, hey, listen, you know, I, I just I just want to apologize. And I'm like, OK, you know what? You apologized. I understand. 
and and now we you know we can move forward and i and i you know but if you hadn't come up and said this then i probably would have never talked to you again just because not not that it was like he said you know anything that was i mean look it, it was it was offensive it was offensive you know and if if any of my gay friends had been standing there then they probably would like that's just not cool like why like why do you have to why do they have to be the butt of the joke you know what i mean it's like Find something else to joke about. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't find that funny, and and I don't want to be surrounded by that. And I don't, I don't want that in my life. Like, I just, I don't. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no space for that in my life. And so somebody says something dumb like that, I'm gonna call him out. And the guy was, yeah, he was put out. But it's like, well, who deserves to be put out? You know what I mean? Like, who deserves to be uncomfortable? The guy that that is is clearly out of line and says something dumb. Or somebody that literally hasn't done anything at all, but then hears something like that and goes, man, well, fuck, you know, and then they slink off. It's like, no, they, they, because, you know, people, people should be, people should just be free to be, be who they want to be, you know, and this guy wants to come over here and say that kind of stuff. It's like, dude, get the fuck away, you know, but he apologized and, um, yeah, we're, I guess we're good, you know, uh, but like now, now that I, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, now I don't really fuck with you that much anymore, you know what I mean, and for me, it's like, that, that's, that's where it starts and stops, you know, it's like, he was cool up until this point, and now it's like, yeah, did, did he do or say anything that, that really he can't come back from, no, no, I don't think so, no, okay, um, I don't know what he was going to continue on to say or what the joke was or anything, but that's irrelevant. The The point is, you only have so many people that you can surround yourself around, and, and you only have so many people that you want to be around. And that's just, like, I, I don't have any space for that kind of stuff. So I called him out. And, <laughs> and Aaron was sitting there, and when he walked away, and he's like, yo, mad respect, dog, like like mad respect. And I was like, you know, it's just, I, Hey, I, t- I've, I've been telling people, man, I'm calling out bullshit. I'm calling out bullshit. And today I saw Aaron in the gym and he came up to me again and he said, Hey, I just want to say, I, I know I said this yesterday, but mad respect. I went home and I told my girl about what happened yesterday. And she was like, she was like, damn, like good for him, like good for him. And it, and it really made me proud to know that you're somebody that will speak up and say that kind of stuff when a lot of people, they wouldn't, you know, they would just let it slide or they'd act like they didn't hear it, ignore it, whatever. And for, for and I, I'm just like, you know, I just, it's like, that's what, that's what, that's what being a captain is, man. That's what being a captain is. It's, it's stepping up and, and having integrity and it's, and it's having the right intentions. And if somebody's out of line, then I'm going to speak up and say it because I'm a captain, goddammit. And I said, Aaron, you're a captain, goddammit, all right? And he's like, man, I, I, I don't know if I, you know, if it had just been me and him, I, I don't know if I would have said anything. But I'm really glad that you did. And, and now, like, it makes me want to be that. It makes me want to do that because that was such a good example for me to see that now if, that, if something like that happens... Like I'm gonna be comfortable doing that, and I'm like, man, that that is the greatest compliment I could ever receive. So thank you for that. Spray them up. Workplace fights, you gotta love them. You don't see them as much in white collar offices and jobs and stuff like that, but blue collar jobs, 
Sometimes shit just be popping off, man. Shit's crazy out here sometimes. So we're going to call this writer Doug. And this is a really quick story, but it made me laugh pretty hard because I could just see this all playing out in my head. And I hope that I paint a picture vivid enough that you can too. I asked Doug, what do you do for work? I work at this little uh, sanitation company. You guys ever seen some crazy shit go down on the job site? Uh, yup. Alright, well give me some stories, man. Well, I work with a lot of Mexicans. So they just yell and scream and shit for real, for real. But one of them got into some kind of an altercation about the area. And they were just kind of squared up. But then one realized he was holding in his hands a fucking high-pressure water hose. They both were, for real. But the one had the idea to go ahead and just... Spray that motherfucker down head to toe. Well, old buddy, he ain't like that too much. I mean, that shit hurts, dog. So then he started spraying his at the other one. And we're standing here watching these two dudes screaming in Spanish, spraying each other's skin off with high-pressure hoses and shit. And then the first one was like, all right, fuck this. So he took that motherfucker, and he took his nozzle off, and he hit the other one across the face. Damn, was he fucked up? Yeah, he was fucked up. But then, it was crazy. Hours later, we see them hit us sitting by each other smoking. Ain't make no sense. Like, they was cool and all that. I was like, man, I need a break, man. Fuck all that. <laughs> Waffle House Waitress. Everybody thinks that they can have a podcast. They're kind of like blogs, right? Just like anybody can have a TikTok, anybody can be a YouTuber, on and on it goes. And while this is true, the big difference is that while anybody can do any of these things, not everybody's is going to be good. People think, well, she has a blog, he has a podcast, how hard can it really be? It's not the doing it part that's really that hard, it's having a good idea or being funny or interesting or putting out quality content that people actually want to read or watch or listen to. That's the hard part. And while people launch podcasts every day, here's a writer that I encourage to start a podcast that I think could easily blow up and be entertaining as fuck. Stories from a Waffle House waitress. Think about it. Think about it. Waffle House stays open 24 hours a day. It's home to some of the most unruliest, sloppiest slop tarts that the world has ever seen. Who doesn't love a big fat waffle and some bacon when they're fucked and a half drunk? I do, all right? The next time you find yourself in a Waffle House, after COVID, drunk or sober, stare into your waitress's eyes. There's only one other group on earth with eyes that look as glazed over and as battle-hardened as hers, and it's the soldiers returning from fucking war, okay? These are the two types of people who have literally seen it all. So much is true for this writer that we'll call Berta. And boy, did Berta have some great stories, man. So great. And so many. That when she said I could start a podcast, it was one of the only times I actually encouraged those words coming from a stranger's mouth and said, yeah, you should actually do that. Like, you should do a podcast. Like, honestly. She gave me seven mini stories right here. Here we go. Berta and her boyfriend get in. We start talking about them working during COVID, and she says that she works as a waitress, and he works as a cashier. Oh, that's cool. Have you guys been able to work and keep working through COVID? She said, not going to lie, March until June, we were closed down completely, and lately it's just been really hard, you know, with the new restrictions, and I said, yeah, that's a tough gig, you know. If you have the tents, I guess that's like the loophole thing, but if you don't have the tents, you're kind of fucked. She goes, mm-hmm, well, I work at Waffle House, and we don't have that kind of stuff. We're carry-out only, and people, they really don't tip 
on carryout. So they've had to give us wage incentives because waitresses and waiters have been quitting left and right. And then more stores close down and they're losing more money. Hell, I quit. I quit for a week and then they begged me to come back. I said, you're going to start putting in some wage incentives because I'm not going to keep working and making 10 to $15 a day. I ain't going to do it. I said, yeah, we're going to. I was like, all right, if I don't see it, I'm going to quit. Well, they came back. They did it. Oh, well, that's good. You got any stories of people acting crazy in there? I know a Waffle House kind of gets fucking lit sometimes. Oh, my God. I have so many good stories. All right, well, give me your best couple. How strong is your constitution? What do you mean? Well, do you get queasy easily? Mm, no, not usually. Okay. And don't spare any of the details. I want it all. Listen to me. I'm like, don't spare any details because this is going to be on a podcast later. Okay, go. Okay. She said, one time I had this group of six people. It was four girls and two guys. Sat down in a booth, all wasted. Three girls got up and went to the bathroom. And we heard like some screaming and giggling and stuff coming from the bathroom. So we walked over, knocked on the door, was like, hey, are y'all okay? They were like, yeah, yeah, we're okay, blah, 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 whatever. But then it just kept going, and it sounded like someone fell. So I went over to the bathroom, knocked on the door like, hey, y'all need to calm down. You need to get out of the bathroom. They opened the door, every single one of them completely naked from the waist down, just staring at me right in the eyes. I was like, oh, okay, I, I. And then they was like, we'll be out in a minute. And I was like, okay, put your damn pants on. Why are your pants off? Why are they in the sink? Why? Okay, whatever. So they closed the door. They come back out. But one of them stayed in the bathroom. And then she came out a couple minutes later. So I went in there to check and clean up after them because they left a huge mess. And the girl that stayed in the bathroom had thrown up in the sink. And I had to go and get gloves on and scoop her fucking throw up out of the sink because it was clogging up the drain. (laughs) Oh, man. That's one story. I could probably tell you another one before we get home. Yeah, we got eight minutes, so go ahead. About to say it's it's another throw-up story, so I don't know if you care or not. No, I don't give a shit. Don't spare any details, all right? I deal with a lot of throw-up. A lot of drunk people. Go for it. Well, one time, these three girls came in. They were underage, obviously. They were like 15, 16. They were drunk as hell. And they were eating their food. And then, man, they were trying to like hassle us and get free food by saying there was a roach in their food. I said, no, there is not. There is no roach in your food. And then they were trying to get their friend's food off the ticket because she didn't eat it because she was literally passed out on the table. And I was like, I'm not going to take it off the ticket just because she passed out on the table. That is not going to happen. Uh-uh. I'm like, yeah, that's not your fault. Like, hold your liquor better, you know what I mean? Don't be 16. Drink responsibly, you know? So she goes, so then maybe five or six minutes later, I see the girl turn to get up out of the booth to go to the bathroom. But she didn't make it that far. She just threw up directly right there on the floor and then proceeded to face plant into it. (laughs) And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Now I got to clean this shit up. And the friend is laying there on the floor, hasn't moved. The other two girls are kind of laughing, but kind of freaking out. Like, please don't call the cops. Please don't call the police. And I was like, then you better get the fuck out of here. Like, seriously, just leave. 
Well, the one girl is still face down in a puddle of her own chunks. And her friends are like, what do we do? What do we do? I said, I don't know, but y'all need to seriously get the fuck out of here. So then they were literally dragging her by her hair out of the fucking restaurant, throw up, getting drug out all over the floor. This bitch still passed out. I'm just like, really? Two sixty five an hour for this bullshit? Are you serious? <laughs> oh my God. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. One time, I saw three cars pull up in the very, very back of our parking lot, parked all right beside each other. Then this really, really nice black Lexus pulls up, and these two girls hopped out of the Lexus, and they went over to the three cars. They got in, and then every 10 minutes or so, you saw them hopping completely naked from car to car. Like, they would get out of the car, go to the next car, completely naked, and hop between the cars for mm, about an hour. And then about an hour later, the black Lexus pulled back up, picks the two girls up and leaves, and then the other three cars pulled away. I was like, okay. <laughs> I said, sounds like an unofficial visit for U of L recruits. <laughs> And her boyfriend was laughing at that. She's like, yeah, wow, wow. You name it, I've probably seen it. Fights? Oh my God, yes. Uh, all right, yeah, give me some fighting stories. Um, One time, this group of five people came in very drunk. And this 68-year-old woman, her name's Sue, was taking care of them. And they knocked over their fruit punch. So Sue cleans it up. And gave them their drink back in a to-go glass. So if they knocked it over again, it wouldn't make a big mess. Mm -hmm. They said, you better get this the fuck out of my face, bitch. And she said, excuse me? They said, well, if we make a mess, you're just going to clean it up. Because that's your job, cleaning lady. She said, I am not a cleaning lady. I'm a server. But I'm not serving you, bitch. Get the fuck out. And they tried to get up and fight. The 68-year-old woman. They literally tried to fight Sue. Five of them. So then there was these two tables of four or five guys that jumped up. And they said, nah, y'all need to get the fuck out of here. They start arguing. Couple of them grabbed onto each other's like, like collars around their necks, you know. And all hell is about to break loose. But we were like, if y'all don't get out of here, we're calling the cops. Then they threatened to come back and shoot up the store. That was a weird night. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was wild. One time, this girl came in. I'm 5'1". She's about my height. And her friend came in. She's about my height, too, about 5'1", 5'2". They start picking a fight with this guy in the restaurant. He's like 6'2", 6'3". He's big, man. He's tall, okay? And he was just like, man, fuck this. I'm going to go outside. So he goes out there and gets in his car or whatever. He might have been smoking or something. And the girls were leaving. Well, about the time that the girls are leaving... He was either coming back in or he was standing outside his car or something. And I swear to God, shit you not, this little 5'1 girl ran over to him, literally jumped in the air and sucker punched him so hard he passed out and dropped right there. <laughs> Me and the boyfriend are laughing our ass off at this. She said, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. His friend who was inside came out of the fucking restaurant and trying to start fight with these girls. And listen, I don't know if they were MMA fighters. I don't know what the hell they was on, but they knocked his ass out too. So now there's two full-grown men just out cold in our parking lot. And I guess other people saw the fight and went out there to do whatever. Next thing I know, guys, not even kidding. 
there's at least 15 to 20 people outside in that parking lot fighting. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, I say. And I'm just standing behind the counter like, mm-mm, I'm not going out there. I ain't stupid. I'm going to stay right here. If it happens in that parking lot, I don't give a fuck. Nah, 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 nah. Boyfriend says, only at Waffle House. I go, Waffle House, crazy. She said, I've seen people pull out bags of fucking weed, put it on the table right beside their waffle and start rolling a joint. And I just look at them in my head and I'm like, are you serious right now? They look at me and say, do you see anything? I said, I don't know. Do I see anything? I've had somebody slip me $50 and said, now do you see anything? I said, nah, I don't see nothing. I ain't see shit. I just walked away. (laughs) That's how you play it, I said, you know? She said, I have so many stories I could start a podcast. You should do that. You should do that. Because everybody has hella Waffle House stories. Think about it. Think about it, dude. It's one of the only places that stays open 24 hours a night. And you could, I mean, I've seen enough Waffle House fights on Twitter to know that there could be an amazing podcast from Waffle House waitresses all over this country just telling all the crazy shit that they have had to deal with as a Waffle House waitress. That would be gold. So I'm like, yeah, actually, a lot of people, when they say, I should start a podcast or I should do this, I should write a blog. Okay, well, what's it going to be about? Oh, I don't know. Okay, so are you starting a podcast or a blog because you want to... Uh, have a podcast or a blog or because you actually have a good idea and think it could be successful and you could monetize it? Oh, just to have one. Big difference. But with the Waffle House thing, that could be really entertaining. And I think those stories uh, could really, really be uh, internet gold, honestly. So she goes, one time this waitress came over one day because we were down a server and she was willing to come over. I don't know what the fuck happened, but she starts arguing with this girl and they were almost about ready to get in a fist fight. And the next thing you know, somebody had brought in a Bluetooth speaker and started playing Cardi B. And this bitch did a handstand, started twerking on the line. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to lose your job. And she did the next morning, lost her job. No way. She got fired. Yeah, she got fired. Because of that or something else? Yeah, because of that. What you mean because of that? She was twerking in Waffle House, and she's a waitress, and she's about to get in a fight with somebody. (laughs) The Cardi B thing is amazing. I love it. I said, wow. You know, it's just like, wow. Simply amazing. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, man. Waffle House waitresses, they have seen it all. And that's just from one waitress at one location. Imagine how many Waffle Houses there are in the world, dude, or in the country. I don't know if it's a global brand, but like, imagine how many Waffle Houses there are just in just in just in Kentucky. Like, shit, the state of Florida alone could produce content for years. It could have its own Florida Waffle House stories. I'm sure of it. And when she said I should start a podcast, I said you should. Yeah, you really should. And you should get other people to send in their crazy Waffle House stories and read them on there. That's actually a pretty good idea. And maybe if I wasn't doing this. I don't know, you know, it'd be entertaining, that's for damn sure. And hey, by the way, guys, speaking of sending in stories, if you have crazy Uber stories, riders, I know shit gets crazy out here, what's your best story as a rider? Email them to me, bennytomp18 at gmail.com, or even life advice. 
I got you on that too, all right? Shoot me an email. I won't use your real name or key details. Uh, if you listen to the Ryan Rosillo podcast, he does the life advice thing, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm basically riding around doing life advice already. I might as well just incorporate it on this podcast as well if people want to send me stuff. So send it in, and I got you. One star. Guys, it happened again. Here's the thing. Sometimes I can be an asshole, like a really really big asshole. And I've really toned it down, but every once in a while, I just say things that are a little sharper than I mean them to be. And the tone is a little harsher than I mean it to be. And a big part of having the uncontrollable impulsivity that I've been blessed with is that sometimes I do or say things before thinking about how they sound or what the consequences might be, how they might make somebody feel, how it's going to reflect on me. I truly live my life unfiltered, not because I try to or because I think that sounds cool, but it's because it's the only way I know how to live. And sometimes when I say or do things, they come up so fast that I don't even have time to filter them. I just blurt it out like word vomit. Or even worse, sometimes I do think about them. I think about it a lot, but I still say them. And it's not until later that I realize, wow, that might have been a little too far. Uh, that's happened to me a couple times in my life, okay? But you know what? This is not one of those times. I think what I said in this case was justified, and I think a, a very normal reaction to what this writer told me. I think any of you probably would have been concerned, and maybe you would have found a little bit more of a diplomatic way of saying it. Maybe you wouldn't have said anything at all and just remained polite and silent about it. And I wasn't trying to make this person feel bad or anything. I was just very concerned for my safety and for the safety of other riders. And because of the way I went about voicing that concern, I got my second one-star rating on Uber ever. And listen, I have very high ratings, by the way. I was at a 4.97 rating, and because this bitch gave me a one-star, I now have a 4.96. Brought me down an entire hundredth of a point, which... Let's be real. Really, it's not that big of a deal. 4.96 is still extremely high, and I'm very proud of the hundreds and hundreds of five-star ratings I've received from my writers. But it's the principle. I don't even think it, I was that mean. I just think she was like, wow, fuck this guy, one star. But I guess I should probably tell you what happened and let you guys be the judge. So I'm on my way to pick up this girl that we'll call Haley Williams because she had pink hair and she was a straight up emo chick. She had on black gloves, all black clothes, and Haley Williams was in Paramore. And I don't know many goth slash emo chicks, so that's what we're going to go with, okay? And before I even get there, she calls me to say, hey, are you on your way? I'm like, yes. She says, okay, just making sure. Yep, I'm four minutes away. I'll be there as soon as I can be there. Great. She hangs up. She sounds like already, you know, kind of like, all right, like, let's just, you know, maybe just, just, just pump the brakes a little bit, okay? So I continue on to the address that she had put in. I get there, and she's nowhere to be found. And she calls me again. Hey, hey, I've arrived at this address. She says, well, I'm standing outside, and I don't see you. I say, well, you're at blah, blah, blah address, right? She looks at it, realizes that she's put the wrong address in, and goes, oh, whoops, updates it. I'm like, huh. all right, I'll see you in a minute. And we hang up the phone. 
Well, I'm not far from her. Only like two minutes or something like that. But once she puts the right address in, I realize I got to go back across the highway. And at this point, to myself, like, I'm a little annoyed, you know? Like, you had all this time and you were so worried about me being on my way that you were too busy to worry about your damn self putting in the right address in. But I'm like, whatever, no big deal, all right? So now I'm on my way to the correct address and I get stopped at a light waiting to turn left. And this line is so long that me and the two cars ahead of me get cut off by another red light. And so now I'm just sitting, waiting, wishing like I'm fucking Jack Johnson over here. And this bitch knew how to use the app. I'm wishing that she knew how to use the app. Well, she calls me again, third time. And this bitch has the audacity to say, first thing she says when I say hello, she says, are you lost? I say, no, Haley Williams. Not her real name, but I say, no, Haley Williams, I'm not. I'm stuck in a light. I'm on my way, and I'm doing the best that I can with what I've been given to work with. I'll be there as soon as I can. She's like, okay, dripping in attitude. And right then and there, I knew that this mission was scrubbed. We were already off to a horrible start. I should have just canceled and kept it moving. But had I done that, I wouldn't have had this story. So here we are, okay? I also wouldn't have had a one-star review, but, you know, here we are. Well, I finally pull up to the right address, and it's a health clinic. And she's standing out, just like I described her, right? All black, wearing black gloves, and she's holding a piece of paper in her hands. And I'm hoping that I can salvage this at this point, right? Like, yeah, we might not have gotten off to a great smooth start, but now that I'm pulling up, she's going to get in, I'll diffuse the situation a little bit, and get her talking about something that she's into, and then I'm on to the next rider. (laughs) If only it were that simple. And for the record, soon as she gets in, I did say, like, how's your day going? How you doing? And I'm trying to lighten the mood, okay? She's like, not great. Oh no, what's wrong? We're like a minute into this ride. Well, I just got tested for COVID and I feel pretty shitty. Oh, fuck. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you for real think you have it? What? COVID? Yes. I don't know. Probably. This dude at my work had it last week, so probably. Well, thanks for calling me to come and get you. And I say that as like a fucking Weisenheimer, right? I'm just like, well, thanks for, you know, thanks for calling me, you know, to pick you up and you think you might have COVID, right? And she said, People get tested for COVID all the time now. I don't know why you're acting like it's a big deal. I said, yeah, but the difference is they don't take an Uber to do it. Now you're putting me and all my other riders at risk. Dude, are you serious right now? Yes! The last thing I need is for you to have it and somebody to get in after you and the next person after them and they give it to people and now we're talking about some super spreader shit. I'm literally wearing a mask and gloves, and I have wipes right here, and she holds them up. Okay, I mean, that's good. You're right, okay? Yeah, I I guess you have gloves and everything. It still makes me a little nervous, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. I I just, I've known people who've got it and have been quarantined, and I know it's, like, people get tested all the time, yeah. Uh, But I've, I've just never been in the same room, let alone the same car as somebody going, yep, I think I've got COVID, you know what I mean? So excuse me if I'm a little thrown off by that. And then we rode in silence for the rest of the way. And I should have been like, I I swear to God, I almost did this right before the ride ended. Like, please don't give me a one star. You know what I mean? Like, just, just please don't do that. And I really didn't 
because because like I, I don't feel that I did anything to 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 deserve that or, or like did anything to you know or said anything to really really deserve a one star you know I I just think like when she I, I might have I'm like oh fuck like oh shit you know what I mean like you're in the backseat of my car like that's not good but um I I still gave her excellent service okay it's not like I became this shitty driver all of a sudden but I just I didn't say anything in case she wasn't planning on 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 giving me a one star and then I say that and then that gives her the idea to do that you know what I mean like fuels it so I just kept quiet right but we pulled up and I was like I hope you feel better and she just didn't say shit she low key slammed the door and I was like yep fuck that's a one star and sure enough not even an hour later I went and I looked and instead of one one star rating on my thing I now had my overall rating went from 4.97 to 4.96, and I had one more one-star rating. And I was just like, fuck, man. And I wiped down the back seat and the door handle and the seat belt and everything where she had been sitting before the next rider. Like, I keep wipes in the car, and they're on hand if anybody needs them, and usually do a really good job of sanitizing the back seat after riders. But still, like, if you think you have COVID, don't take a fucking Uber to and from your fucking appointment. Use some common sense. And this is different from that one rider who literally got swabbed in my back seat, okay? I, that happened too. I've told that story on a previous episode where I literally had somebody get tested in my back seat of the car and she called an Uber to go and get tested. But she, the, the difference is that she knew that she was negative and she was getting a test because she had to have that document saying that she was negative so she could travel back to her home country. I have no problem with that. Fine. This bitch was like, yeah, I think I have COVID and is saying it from the backseat of my car and literally is coming from getting tested. And I'm like, you know what? Like no respect whatsoever for the social distancing thing. Um, because for all intents and purposes, the backseat of my car is a public place. Like people are getting in one after the other. And I, I do truly believe that as long as you wash your hands, sanitize, you wear a mask regularly, like no one fucking sneezes, we're going to be okay. And everything was okay after that, you know, because it's it's been over a week and I'm happy to report that I've had no outbreaks. I don't have it. We're all good. But I was just enamored by the audacity that she had to sit there, call me three times, be like, where are you? Where are you? had put the wrong address in, give me all this attitude, then get in, be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have COVID. Like, <laughs> what? People get tested all the time, bro. Yeah, thanks a lot, Haley Williams. Now, I really don't think I was out of line, okay? My reaction might have been a little bit abrupt, but I think it was very justified. And I'm, I'm thinking about the next 10 riders that are gonna get in and wanting to avoid any kind of an outbreak being linked back to me. That would not be ideal. So forgive me if I'm a little bit concerned, okay? But I, I don't think I deserved a one star for that. I think any reasonable and normal person probably would have had the same reaction. I'm still the highest rated driver in this city and top 5% in the country. So I'm going to be okay. And, and for the record, <laughs> I gave her a one star too. Get well soon, bitch. <laughs> Hustle is the ambition. This is a story that I wanted to highlight because it's just a reminder that success comes in so many different shapes and sizes, but success should be celebrated nonetheless, right? And success is kind of a relative term for a lot of people, 
It's one of the first things that companies do when they bring in these motivational speakers or organizational culture experts and they do team building activities and they ask the employees, so how do you define success, hmm? right? And the point of that exercise is that everybody has a different answer. Everybody defines it differently because we all have different values. It's kind of like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder thing, right? What I see as success might be different than what you see as success. And what you see as success might be different than what he sees as success or what she sees as success. How I define success for myself versus how I define success for other people or in general are very different things. I define success for myself not only as enjoying what I'd love to do for a living, but also one day becoming great at it and rising to a level that I become one of the greats in my field. National recognition, sponsorships, living in a big city. But to me, it also means other things. Success is having strong relationships, loving myself and being true to myself, doing right by others, seeking growth rather than comfort, getting towards the end and not having major regrets about my life. And yeah, making money, but making money isn't my main goal. It's not the only goal, right? Be great at something and the money will come. I truly believe that. But for some people, it is. Some people think of success as Rolexes and yachts and G-Wagons and houses in the hills. And don't get me wrong, that stuff is cool, but it's just stuff. And for other people, other people see success as getting married and owning a house, raising kids, putting them through college, watching them get married, having grandbabies. That's success. So it's all relative. It's all relative, right? But the beautiful thing is that even though our successes might look different or mean different things, unless you're just a fucking hater, acknowledging and celebrating the successes of others is one of the greatest joys in life. Why not just be happy for somebody else? Well, I know the answer to that. And usually, the people that can't be happy for others is because they aren't happy with themselves. So they feel that since they can't be happy, that no one else should be able to be happy either. But that's bullshit. That's miserable, pathetic, toxic, poor me bullshit. And the world, especially social media, is full of those kinds of people. So that's why when I come across people like this writer here, we'll call Rudy, all right? And he shares his story with me, even though his version of success is different than mine, I still get just as fired up hearing about his successes and what those look like in his life as I do with anyone else's. When he tells me what he does and he talks about his come up right here, I feel the same positive fuck yeah energy for him and his successes as my friends who have started families or get the big promotion or making six figures or doing whatever in achieving their definitions of success because those accomplishments, no matter how big or small they might seem to you or me or whoever the fuck, those things should be celebrated and we should be happy for other people simply for the sake of their happiness If you're happy, then I'm happy. Those are the vibes I put out, and that, my friends, is the heart of life. Unless you're a fucking hater, and in that case, eat shit and die, you miserable pricks. You don't get those vibes, but for people with good energy, the real ones that I ride with, it's a celebration. It's always a celebration. And the person that we're celebrating in this story here is Rudy. I picked Rudy up from a parking lot, and as I'm pulling up, I'm like, am I in the right place, or... 
And yes, I was. He was a truck driver, and he had just dropped a pin where he parked his rig, and I was picking him up to take him to a hotel he was going to be staying at. So Rudy hops in. I'm like, what's good, man? He's like, how you doing? How you doing? And we get to talking, and I ask him, so how long have you been driving trucks? About two, two and a half years. I was working for Humana like three years ago, and they had a big layoff or something within my department, and I was included in that. And I had been working for them for eight years. Like, damn, I get picked? Y'all going to pick me? I say, after eight years, man, shit. Well, what happened was I got laid off, had a little severance package, let that all run out. Then after that, people wasn't hiring out here for real. So I'm just like, dang. I wanted to be a bus driver, a school bus driver, and did that and took the test. And they paid for everything. And then all of a sudden, they told me I got disqualified for something on my record. So I'm like, dang. But they paid for the permit, so I'm just sitting in my room, flipping through my doggone Facebook, and a Facebook post said, if you have a Class B permit, you can go to truck driver school. So I called the number, called the number. They told me I need to go take one test, just one. So I paid $5, I took that one test, passed it, Study for it. Study my ass off, man. I ain't studied like that. I never used to be a real good student in school, but I studied my ass off for this test. Passed it. Was so proud of myself. So then I turned my class B into a class A. And then after that, I'm like, okay, okay. I call them back up. They tell me, ooh, you got to pay 7800 bucks to go to school. So now I'm like, damn, I, I got to come up with this money. I got I to gotta go to truck driver school. I was like, for what? School for what? Uh, truck driver school, 16 days, you'll come out making 80K a year. Shit, 16 days, he said. So I said, damn, 7,800. So I'm looking at the mail, and I have Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab is a retirement plan for my job. They told me, you can either cash this out, or you can transfer this to another 401K. So I looked at it, and I said, this is $14,000 right here. And I'm going to take some penalties when I cash it out early. But I said, well, shit, I'll just cash it out. Use this money to go to truck driver school. So paid for my truck driver school that way. And ever since then, I ain't looked back. And now I'm an owner-operator. Went from a company driver for six months to transferring and being an owner-operator. What's the difference? The difference is I'm a 1099 and I get all the money. And plus, most of my runs percentages. Like company drivers, they get paid bare minimum. They don't make nothing over twelve hundred bucks. Me, I make thirty eight hundred a week. A week, dog, because I'm a lease owner operator. I pay for my truck. The truck is seven fifty a week, but I still make good money. I don't pay for maintenance. They pay for maintenance. I just drive for this company until, like, I've been working there for seventeen months. I only got six more months, and then that truck is mine. And once that truck is mine, I got my full authority, then I'll be making 10 grand a week. Now, I know a lot of haters are out there thinking, truck driver? Semi-truck driver? What? You think success is being a truck driver? Well, first of all, if this guy makes 10 Gs a week for 52 weeks, do the math on it. He'll be halfway to a million dollars in a year. Now, I don't know if he's going to make it every week for 52 weeks straight, but dude, that's bank right there. 10, 10 Gs a week? Are you fucking kidding me? So for all of you that think success is expensive shit and 
IG posts of Leo in Wolf of Wall Street with some stupid fucking quote about hustling and business on it. My man Rudy is out here making the kind of money that it takes to buy all that shit that you're looking at and liking. So that's a check. He told me that he had a fiance at home and he had just recently gotten engaged and that actually being on the road as a truck driver has only made their relationship stronger because now they can have their own things going on and not step on each other's toes. And so he said, that's perfect. And maybe we'll have a kid one day, but like we're not rushing it. So he's got the family thing. Check. And to me, fuck yeah, this guy is a success. This is somebody that bet on himself, hustled his ass off, and now it's starting to pay off. And he went down one road, he did it for eight years, things didn't really work out, but he switched the style up, found a new opportunity, picked it up and ran with it. So fuck yeah, that's a success. And I'm happy for you, Rudy. That's good shit, G. Keep hustling. Keep hustling. All right, fastest two minutes in sports. Guys, the dynasty is over. It was good while it lasted, but now with a handful of guys and the top guys from every class going overseas every year to play college basketball or or play professional basketball and get paid to do it, or these new alternative startup leagues that are going to offer some pay, the golden age of the one-and-done recruiting era is over. It'll still happen, and guys like Cal and Coach K are still going to have good teams, but looking back on some of the teams that UK put together in the last 10 years, that'll never happen again. It's done. It's over. Stick a fork in him. He's fucking done. And so now you're left with still a handful of guys, and there's going to be like a handful of four or five stars every year that are really good, but weren't good enough to go to these leagues and get paid or confident enough or developed enough to take the routes that now exist. So there are still going to be four and five-star athletes going to UK's and North Carolina's and Louisville's and all those kind of schools. But um, now you're going to start to see more seasons like UK's having right now. Uh, Cal has never been a developer of talent. He skated by on having more NBA talent on his college teams than anybody else in college basketball. And now that he doesn't have those guys, here it comes all tumbling down. You lose to Richmond. Okay, whatever. There's a bad game every once in a while. Then a close one to Kansas. More excuses from the UK BBN people. But back-to-back losses against Georgia Tech and Notre Dame to follow those two losses. And you have UCLA and Louisville coming up in the next week and a half. Have fun with that. Have fun with that. Bad year to be in sports, honestly. Bad year to be in sports. Kind of got out at the right time. The only conference championship, that's this weekend. College football conference championships this weekend. The best one is probably the ACC. Florida, I don't know what they are. Bama, they'll win. But Notre Dame and Clemson, ACC conference championship, that's easily the best one. Uh, I I would put Bama in the final four in the playoff even if they lose to Florida. Uh, Put Clemson in even if they lose to Notre Dame. Ohio State, they're going to beat Northwestern. And I guess Oklahoma's probably going to win the Big 12, but you never fucking know with the Big 12. But even if if Bama or Clemson lose, put them in. Like, like they're, they're the best. They're the best. So just put them in. Uh, The MLB is going to be adding some stats to the record books. Statistics from the Negro Leagues are going to be counted towards player totals as the MLB reclassifies the Negro Leagues as a major league. So that means players like Willie Mays, Josh Gibson, Satchel Paige, they're going to finally be able to have their entire career recognized, not just the stats that they accrued in the years after the 1947 
you know, after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in 1947. Um, I always used to remember, you know, hearing stories because I was a baseball historian. I, I used to collect these cards all the time. And I used to think it was really cool to get the Negro League cards because it was like, why, like, what is this league that no one talks about, you know? And as a kid, I was like fascinated by it. And I was always really, really taken away by the story of a Negro Leagues player named Cool Papa Bell. Great fucking name, by the way. But they say that Cool Papa Bell was so fast, he could turn off the lights and be standing at his wall, turn off his lights, and be in bed, sprint to his bed before the lights turned off. He was that fast. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever when I got a cool Papa Bell card because I'm like, how many of these do they actually make? I had to buy it, you know what I mean? I had to like go to a card store and seek it out. But I was like, cool Papa Bell, what a name, what a name, you know? And so now all these statistics that guys had before the Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Those are going to be added in, and we might get a couple of new record holders. Josh Gibson. I mean, Satchel Page has like a hundred and something wins that are going to be added to his total. So count all those buckets, and uh, that's awesome. And then final thing right here, James Harden. He looked pretty chonk in warmups. I'm not sure if you've seen those pictures, but man, he is not looking good. That is all I got for you guys. I am back next Wednesday. Um, we're going to do things a little bit differently, but we're still going to have a good episode. I'm excited. I've got a couple of guests that are coming up that I'm really excited about. Hope everybody has some happy holidays. Drive safe out there. The roads are getting kind of crazy. There's a lot of crazy people out there. They're driving. They're chopping. They're not fucking paying attention. It can be a stressful time for a lot of people, but... I uh, hope, hope everybody stays happy and healthy, and I'll talk to you next week. I am Ben Tompkins. That is Real Talk.